Okay. News, entertainment, celebrity gossip, social commentary, humor, and LGBTQ lifestyle. This podcast is part of the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. My brothers and my sisters, as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday in the Christmas season, let us adhere to and govern ourselves as it relates to the principles of the law of reciprocity. Let me break it down to you in layman's terms with a few examples. Example 1. Shaniqua comes to the family Thanksgiving with six badass kids and her nothing-ass baby daddy who was out on parole smelling like dank weed, mildew, and Hennessy. She brings no pop, no rolls, no plasticware, absolutely nothing. Yet, she attempts to leave with a trunk full of plates containing leftovers. According to the law of reciprocity, this should not take place. Sorry, Shaniqua, but put those plates back. Example 2. Aunt Jackie picks the greens, 
She picks the KYs and cleans the KYs, bakes the sweet potato pies, makes the potato salad, and provides the off-brand Kroger Pops. She is entitled and has the first dibs over the leftovers. You latecomers and leeches will just have to wait your turn. In this example, we see how the law of reciprocity is supposed to work. In summary, in life we must give in order to receive. If someone is gracious enough to invite you to partake in the holiday festivities, the least you can do is be appreciative and not run game or take advantage. Happy holidays, season's greetings, or season's beatings. You choose. All right, we are back. We are back. So, but yeah, um, let me remove this from the screen. All right, we are back with episode 14 of the T Podcast, brought to you by the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine a light on issues impacting ur- urban community. Um, we're going to rush through these next couple stories and get you guys on the way. We know it's Saturday night. We just want to bring you some news that you can use. And as always, we're here with 
Jonathan Crockett. Hey. And Ethan Cripps. Hello. All right. Um, we didn't got our little drinks refilled. And we done yeah. our cup, and our cups runneth over in Jesus' name. Honey. Amen. Hallelujah. What what you drinking right now? Well, what's it called? Found us some beatboxes. Found some beatboxes. Beatboxes. I've never had a beatbox before, but it's a watermelon uh, flavor. Sound like some I don't want no part of. Oh no, I think you do. You, you need tries. You, you okay? And make you pop your lips. Pop your lips. You mm. see a nice watermelon flavor. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like it got some cucumber in that mouth. It Ooh. does a little. It kind of does. does. Yes, I like that. Is this liquor? This has alcohol in it. Mm -hmm. oh. This husband has alcohol. Oh, okay. All right. It's like hard, hard juice. Get yeah. juice. Hard juice. Some juicy juice. Juicy All right. Moving um, on. Yeah, moving on. Now, I got a couple more stories I want to talk to. I'm going to give you an outline of what we're going to talk about uh, in our next um, segment of our show. We're going to discuss an Oregon man was sentenced for an LGBT hate crime um, in Idaho. Um, his name is Matthew Leahy. So we're going to talk about that. Also, I think we talked about this story about a, uh, a while back on our show. Um, it's dealing with the murder of a trans woman in Texas by the name of Malaysia Booker. Um, the person that uh, that they have found that's guilty. He pled guilty, the one that actually was responsible of the crime. So this is like four years later. They're finally moving ahead with justice in this case. So oh, wow. we're going to, and that's the same with the other trans woman we were talking about um, in the recent, why does it take so long? We're going to get into that because I just feel like when it comes to trans women or even people in the LGBT community, it takes them, they want to drag their feet as far as getting justice for the most part, especially trans women. So we're going to talk about that. Um, let me see what else we have on here. Um, also, there was another hate crime that is been solved 22 years later. And the man that, that committed the hate crime is now 77 years old. So he's finally being brought to justice. And also, I want to talk about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I ain't gonna spend too much time on this this story because you know she's trash, anyways. But she is trying to get um, House Republicans, along with herself, to uh, cut Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, Buttigieg um, <laughs> salary to one dollar a year. So we were talking about this, and you were telling me like they're trying to do that to several people. Correct. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to mention that. And also with our main topic, we're going to talk about how to deal with toxic family members and um, people in your life during the holidays. How do you deal with these people? Do you have to deal with these people? Because I guess you could make the argument like, I don't have to deal with these, these toxic, toxic ass people. I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. So we're we going to talk about that. So let's just jump into our first story. Um, we're going to move along really quick um, in our second hour. Um, there's been a, a man that um, that has pled guilty um, to murder, and we're going to go to this clip. He was involved in a um, hate crime dealing with people in the LGBT community. We're going to go to this news clip. And also, I'm going to tie in this other story as well 
with the organ man that has been sentenced to 37 months in jail um, for his role in a hate crime as well. So we're going to tie these two stories together um, because I think they're similar and this kind of, kind of um, demonstrates that we're still dealing with people that are um, that, that still deal with a level, level of ignorance and they're real, willing to put their freedom on the line because of their hatred mm-hmm. and bigotry. So we're going to go to these two clips and then we're going to come back with the rest of our uh, commentary. Pierre Booker says he simply wanted justice. Pierre Booker says he simply wanted justice for his child, Malaysia Booker. Now. It began about a year ago with a broken window. Then someone burned a pride flag in Boise's North End. Days later, there was a report of a man who tried to run over two women with his car after threatening them with homophobic slurs. That man, Matthew Lehigh, was arrested on October 12th of last year, and by January, he was charged with several federal hate crimes. Today, Lehigh's victims are getting some closure. A federal judge sentenced Matthew Lehigh to 37 months in prison with three years of parole to follow that. Lehigh, well, he owned up to two of his crimes, pleading guilty to two felony counts. One was punching a transgender employee at a library and threatening to stab them, a violation of the Federal Hate Crimes Prevention Act. The other was for trying to run over those two women. Lehigh assumed to be lesbian. That charge was vehicular assaults. But as part of his plea deal, Lehigh admitted to several more anti-LGBTQ plus crimes and attacks, crimes that he couldn't be charged with in the state of Idaho. Here's Andrew Bartline. Some have a lot to say after becoming the victim of a crime. October 3rd, 2022, someone vandalized the community center. Blows their sense of security and all the various groups who come to that space um, are affected by it. I was devastated. Judy Cross Um, is on the board. Confused, wondering who could have done that. Why would they do that? That same day, just hours apart, a North End couple fell victim to this. Y'all, this is our progress flag. Or at least it was. It was quite a traumatic experience. Both Um, Brett Perry and his husband. I actually noticed it the next day, so it had been hanging up all night. Another Um, targeted victim of a hate crime. I reported it immediately with more documentation to follow. I am part of the LGBTQ plus community. It's not like we were holding hands or anything. More targeted attacks. Nobody else should be able to dictate your own happiness. Vegas Alessandra. First and foremost. She was nearly struck. And a driver targeting her with their car. It took weeks to connect the dots back to Matthew Lehigh a 32-year-old man from Oregon. Our office prosecuted him for those under the federal hate crimes laws. Idaho U.S. Attorney Josh Hurwitt organized a plea deal leading to the sentencing today. Mr. Lehigh was sentenced to 37 months uh, incarceration. There's a lot to say. Like weight was just taken off my shoulders. (laughs) But Lehigh's victims are more focused on what's been left unsaid. Sexual orientation and gender identity, just those four words. Without them, the state of Idaho does not recognize the LGBTQ plus community as a protected class. We could not have prosecuted this case in Idaho. These Idahoans have to lean on federal law to see justice in their own state. And finally, someone listened, someone picked up the, the issue, 
someone identified the crime as something that they could follow through with and make a difference. Lehigh was diagnosed with schizophrenia after his arrest. The judge even called his sentencing today an intervention. Lehigh's defense pushed the narrative that Lehigh is not an example of hate, but rather an example of mental illness. His lawyer showed examples of Lehigh getting exposed to what they would call societal problems or things going on in pop culture, BLM, for example. You know that Black Lives Matter movement, Brian? Well, when that was going down, he was taking what he's seeing on TV and in the world and acting it out himself. Okay. Uh, where he started becoming racist, where his childhood friends, one who was even black, said, I don't know him to be racist. Hmm. Uh, I think uh, somebody connected to his family had ALS at one point. He started acting as if he had ALS. Um, so he is now getting medication. Judy Cross, one of the women we talked to who's part of the community center, that building that mm -hmm. was vandalized, yeah. she said the man she saw in court today was not the man that she had seen previously. It seems that there's a lot of sympathy from the victims toward um, Mr. Lehigh and, and what he's gone through. Interesting. That's, that's good to see. About the community center, has that been put back together? I know it was thousands of dollars in damages and part of um, what was decided in his sentencing today. He's going to have to pay that money back, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen very quickly. I mean, how does somebody pay off something while they're in prison? There's like $25 a month installments. There's options, but yeah, it might take some time. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Pierre Booker says he simply wanted justice for his child, Malaysia Booker. Now, some four years later, the man who took her life has been sentenced. I didn't want him to die. I didn't want him to take death penalty. I just want him to go somewhere where he can sit and think about the trauma that you caused other people's family. 37-year-old Kendra Lyles pleaded guilty to murder for the 2019 shooting death of Booker, a transgender woman. Pierre says Malaysia was looking forward to moving on with her life until it was cut short by Lyles. 48 years, do you feel like that's justice? Not really, you know, but my thing is, you know, life is life. As for the murder, Dallas police have not named other suspects beyond Lyles, but Pierre isn't convinced Lyles acted alone and says this one question haunts him. The only thing I really want to know is what was my child's last words before y'all committed y'all's act? Did they beg for their mama? Did they beg for me? Did they beg for granny, papa, or something? Lyles will face Booker's family this week during victim impact statements before completing his 48-year sentence. Pierre Booker says he carried a heavy burden following Malaysia's murder. I was like, man, maybe something I done when I was younger, this punishment for what I done. That's how I felt. Now he's thankful to see justice as he learns to live without her. We needed you, but God gave you a better job. He needed you more than we did. In Dallas, Candace Sweat, NBC5. Thanks for watching. Stay updated about breaking news. All right, we are back. So there's a lot to unpack with these two stories. You know, it's just crazy. Like I just mentioned earlier about how they're going to use all oh, he was mentally ill. He didn't know any better and this, that, and the other. Like, I just think it's a cop-out. And then, like, you're already dealing with a state that doesn't uh, recognize uh, members of the LGBT as a protected class. So it's just kind of funny that they're making all these mistakes, or not these mistakes, or these excuses for the mistakes that this guy has, has made. And it's just like you don't see other members of society like – being given that same, I don't know, they've been afforded that same leeway or that, that you know what I mean? They're not being afforded that, you know? And I just think that 
it's full of crap that this this man committed this crime to where he could have you know uh done a lot more damage than what he did and it's just like they're not taking this serious so how do you guys feel about it do you think it's it's a cop out that that they're saying that this guy um that they're showing him this mercy and also with malaysia booker do you think that it's kind of odd that uh this individual uh was only given 48 years and it's taking them this long to to get justice behind her murder I just I I feel like especially now like it's so easy for people to jump to that defense saying that they're mentally unstable or what I mean like is there any verification that they were unstable like do they have a known mental illness of some prior sort prior to that yes yes exactly so yeah it's easy for them to say oh you know he's mentally ill or blah 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 he had issues in his childhood or things like that but unless we have proof then there's not really a defense there. A lot of things that people of color they don't they don't have those opportunities they don't no, have they don't. they're not afforded that you know I didn't want to go there but I'm gonna have to go there like they it's just it's funny that these people can commit the most horrendous crimes and it's not even just against members of the LGBT community they can carry out all kind of heinous acts um, acts of terrorism like domestic terrorism that's what I call these people that carry out these mass shootings and mass killings which is calling what it is and you know they're always saying well. Let's just look back at this guy's childhood. What what caused them to snap? You know, um, like with the case of Dylan Roof. You know, they looked at him as a as a uh, as a victim, and, and the police took him to Burger King, and they they had pity on him, even though this guy carried out this this horrific act of violence. It's just like, why are we Emmett Till? Yeah, Emmett Till. Like all these people. You know what I mean? We can just go. The 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 list is never ending. So I think that there are just some people out there who are willing to go to bat to protect these um, heinous individuals who commit these heinous crimes. Mm -hmm. um, you think they hide behind these people? And they hide behind it with a shield, as a shield. Hmm. And let's just call a spade a spade. It's just hate. That's just plain and simple. And mm -hmm. some people just want to justify their hate. Right, and it's unfortunate, and just outright—not just unfortunate, just outright—sickening that some people just have to lose their lives because of who they are, mm -hmm. and they're just trying to live their lives. And that, you know, some people just don't want to be found out when they, you know, commit these murders, and they'll mm -hmm. do whatever they possibly can to use the law to their advantage to be exonerated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it just—it's just yeah. I just look at the fact this guy's only getting the in the first case, he's only getting 37 months. That's not even that's that's less than three years. No, they're a little over three just years, slightly, slightly over three years. years. So it's just like yeah, it's just I don't I don't understand it. And then you're gonna let this guy out back, like let him out in society again. You know, that, that's what's so scary about it. A guy like that, someone that has shown that level of deviant behavior mm. and destructive behavior does not need to be amongst the civilized society. Like people, are, it's just, these people need to be, um, if, if they're so mentally ill, they need to be institutionalized somewhere. Like if you're going to keep them institutionalized because that something like that, you know, you're, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. 
So and it's just the fact that you know certain states out there still don't recognize LGBT people as human beings. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show that we still have a long way to go. And it goes in certain sh- parts of America. And it goes to show you that you people that um, if you're not a protected class or you're not represented in certain communities, you need to really know the um, demographic of any community or state that you move in. And if I hate to say this, don't let money be the, the factor of why you move to a certain place. If you're in a place where you're not represented or there's not other people there that share um, with your experience, you don't need to be going to these places. Yeah. So people that are a part of the LGBT community, you heard that Idaho is one of those states. They don't recognize you as a protected class. So why in the world would you want to move to that state? Why would you want to? Like, why would you want to move there? They have to enact the federal hate crimes uh, legislation just to get some type of justice, that little bit of justice they have. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's just a sad and unfortunate thing. This is the life. This is the things that we have to deal with with people that are a part of the LGBT community in America. This is the things we're, we're having to deal with. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are accepting these days. It's a lot better than what it used to be. But we still got a long ways to go because situations like these are still occurring. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to move on. Um, we was going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I just feel like, girl, she just, at this point, I just feel like she's just trying to do anything that she, just to stay relevant and just to stay in the spotlight. I just can't stand that woman. And what I want to say, I can't say on air just to be professional but i just feel like girl why don't you just disappear somewhere let's just put it like that why are you why don't you just go somewhere like what what have you actually done that has benefited anybody on any level like what have you done there's one person one person only and that is donald trump she is currying favor with donald trump Hmm. that's ever since she got elected and she has kissed his ring every single year as much as she can possibly do. So, well, they nailed it in the cross. Did you see that TikTok where they brought all those charges against her being anti everything, whatever? Mm, you no. see that? You didn't see that? I'll have to show you. Wow. Yeah, they being anti Semitists and like. Um, Xenophobic, homophobic, transphobic, like hurting. Oh yeah, she she check marks off all the boxes. Yeah, but they, yeah, they not convicted, but they brought all these things to the court and tried to get her fired and all this stuff. Mm. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted to bring those stories up. Like it's just crazy that you know she's she's very much a hypocrite, and I just I can't stand her. Um, and then with the whole thing about Donald Trump, that's a mess. Like I, I don't know how he's on there. That man's just crumbling. They saw said he was in the courts just going off the other day, honey. He didn't want to take any accountability of what's going on in his situation. So it's it's just just so much going on. Like right now, I don't I don't understand how this man is still even being allowed to run for the presidential um race. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a lot going on right now in the world of politics, and I feel like next year it's going to be an interesting 
just it's just gonna be an interesting year for politics. I I don't know. I can't even predict on what way things are gonna go because yeah. they're talking about Joe Biden's approval rating is down very low, and I'm sorry. I just we need to. I don't. We got to get him out of there. Like he is just as problematic as Trump. You know, and it's dangerous that this man is wanting to run for president. He he doesn't even have his own health in order. And it's just a lot of things that he's done in his past. Like, he's no better than Trump. You know what I mean? And it's just like, with a lot of times with the Democrats, they just do a better job at hiding their racism and their bigotry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the same, the two different sides of the same coin. This one side is just more slick and they're they're more uh they're not as in your face with their bigotry versus the other side. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be very interesting to see how this, this upcoming election goes. I'm not pleased with what the Democrats have to offer, and then it's just with the Republicans, it's just it's just a shit show. It's 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 a a, a circus. That's that's, that's what Politics is, and it's become like we're the laughing stock of the, the world. Like, how are these people representing us? Like, how do we get to the point to like this is all we have to offer? Like, you know, it's just—I mean, even locally, like, it's—it's it's just a shame that we don't have more. It's just this two-party system that we have, pretty much, and it's just like, okay, if you do have a third party, they—they don't have enough impact to, you know what I mean? Like, it's—it's it's just. I don't know. Like, is this what we have to choose from? Well, do you think that, like with Ohio, for example, with that um, abortion thing being written into um, the state constitution Ooh, I saw to allow it, and same that goes with that marijuana as well, do you think that that is going to be an issue that is going to galvanize and really motivate a lot of voters to come out to the polls and then drag Biden across the finish line? Or do you think that some people are just going to be able to split, like split the ticket, um, like vote for, like, let's just say for another state that wants to put it into their constitution, that they would vote for abortion rights, but then not vote for Biden. I I think that's going to be on if. There's a remote chance that he he wins. That's gonna probably be the issue that, like you said, that drags him over the uh, drags him over the finish line. Because I don't see how else he's gonna win. I don't. I think with especially with the immigration thing that's going on, this this does not make any sense. The legal immigration, this it's just disgusting to me that he has sat back and said absolutely or done anything. He hasn't done anything about this illegal immigration situation. It's not right that these people that are in Chicago and Illinois, they Chicago and New York, they're talking about now even in Colorado, they're going through this. Like a lot of these major cities are starting to have this problem. And like you as the president, you're pour- pouring billions of dollars into these illegal immigrants. And then you have your own citizens in these cities that are homeless. They don't have any resources there, but you're, Given I've even heard that they were saying that they're they've had job fairs exclusively for these illegal immigrants and they're trying to shut out everybody else. That's not right. That's not right. So when are you gonna put Americans first 
And like these people decided to come here. Nobody drugged them here. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's it's just to me, I feel like our tax dollars need to work for us, you know. And I think that the mayor, Eric Adams, and the mayor of Chicago, they're gonna be the scapegoat for this. They're gonna be the scapegoat of it. But like I said, this is bigger than than these two mayors because Biden created this mess. Like as much as I don't agree with the uh Republicans, they did have the right idea as far as immigration is concerned, illegal immigration is concerned, because it does harm your nation. It does. And you you look at it, we can't go anywhere else in the world and get the same benefits that these people are getting. You know, we couldn't go to no other country and do what they're doing. These people look at us crazy. And what? Like, like we can't even, let's cross the Mexico, we can't even go in as Americans. They will have us hung up somewhere like like it's crazy that we feel that this is acceptable and we you know and biden is not doing a thing about this so as much as i don't like to say this i do have to give credit where credit's due and that is during trump administration is that you know when he wanted to create the wall well, when he couldn't create the wall, he made Mexico the wall. Yeah. And instead of a 700-some-odd-mile border, um, he had a, the Mexican government stopped a lot of these migrants from coming up, which is the way it should have been. It, it sh- um, Mexico should not have been allowing these migrants to walk throughout their country all the way to the United States. And even once they get to the U S they're being held. And then they're all of a sudden the border patrol releases them into the nation, Mm. which should not happen. So I, I do think that by having Mexico stop them and hold them, or at least have them assimilated into Mexico where a lot of the language is spoken Um, I don't see an issue with that. Mm. I do think I do think immigration is needed, but I think it needs to be done legally. That's just me. Well, I back in the day, like in the sixties, seventies, like immigration wasn't like it was today. Like people, sure. you know, people would migrate here legally, work. You know, some would go home and then some would just stay and their visas would expire. And that's true. And they they weren't monitored. But now I feel like with all this, you know, misinformation and like, you know, we're against this, we're against that. I feel like if we were to go back to more of a um, something like that, where it's programmable and trackable and like, you know, we're allowing these people to come in, you know, it will help improve our economy over over a period of time. You know, then they're monitored, you know, they're sent back doing it like humanely rather than like grouping everybody together and like sending them on their way. Yeah. My problem is, too, is like you letting these people into this country. You're not vetting these people. You don't know where these people coming from. You don't know what they were doing in their homeland. And it's just like, okay, you guys are just giving these people passes to come in. Like, it's it's just it's it's. It's bullcrap. It's bullshit to me. I'm sorry. 
I just feel like it, it just you don't know if you're letting the um, terrorists into this country. You don't know if you're letting pedophiles, rapists, like, and then you put them in these communities where, like, where there's children. Like, it's just, it's just, it's, it's sad. Like, and then you put them in certain communities because you're gonna put. It's, it's. I don't even want to get into it because it's, it's a whole nother show. But it it's is. just, it's, it's just. I don't think it's right how the citizens have to pay the bill for these people. They have to foot the bill. And they have communities that schools that are underfunded. They have crime. They have all this shit. And you're taking their tax money and giving it over to these people. It's not right. I don't care how anybody tries to frame it. It's not, it's not fair. It's not right. And I just I don't I don't agree with it. I just I just don't agree with it. Now, and a lot of people in these communities, they're not anti-immigration, but they are against illegal immigration mm-hmm. and they're not you know in their tax money it's going towards these individuals and these are the same individuals that the government will try to pull them up by the bootstraps and then when they get to a certain point they'll start turning their nose up in us and they'll be like well we came over here and this that and the other why can't you you can't get yourself together and this that and the other and we came over well i guess it would be easy for you to get yourself together and pull yourself up by the bootstraps when you're having billions of dollars and you're having all these opportunities given to you that aren't even given to uh, native-born American citizens. You know what I mean? So I just, to me, it's just not fair. I don't agree, I don't agree with it, and I just I don't think it's right. So, yeah. And I think that's going to be a hot-button but- ticket, um, I mean, a hot-button um, topic that's going to determine um, this election um, in 2024. So let's use Chicago as the example. Why are, and this is probably a very complex answer, but why are a lot of the immigrants being moved into black neighborhoods? Well, and that might take a much longer show. Yeah. So why aren't they being moved into you know the more white affluent neighborhoods? Of course they're not. I mean, I mean they they really want to change the landscape of Chicago for one, and for two they just feel like well, you know, they this just let's just be honest with you the the black community has always been the dumping ground of everything. Like you know what I mean they want to experiment on us. They want to dump the the trash and all the degeneracy in our, to our community. And these are the people that are very anti-black. Even they come from countries where they're very anti-black and they really want to replace them. They want, you know, and it's just, you know, I feel like it's not going to become an, and this, this is, and I'm just, I hate to say this, like it's not going to become an issue that they're going to take serious until it starts impacting white Americans. It's not like, or mainstream society. Like that's with anything that's happened. Like, Hell, we can even go back to like the AIDS um, um, epidemic. Like they didn't care about that shit. You know, they just they looked at the gay community. They looked at them as a minority, or they looked at them as a lower class group of people. And they didn't care that AIDS was impacting our community until it started impacting their community. And then that's when they wanted to start uh, doing this. But here's the thing. Both sides, like Democrats and Republicans, they they 
benefit from illegal immigration, even though they want to come out here and say, well, we're against this. A lot of them, they, 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 they both, they both benefit from it. You know what I mean? They do. So it's just like, can you even trust either side? Like, can you, you know, so I don't know. I think that's a topic for another, another yes, show, another uh, time. Yeah, because <laughs> that's a that's a lot of issues right there to uh, yeah. discuss. All right, yeah. <laughs> so I want to get into our main topic because we're at a, the minute, one minute, one hour and forty seven uh, minute marker, and I want to get off here before two hours. How do you deal with toxic family members? Um, and how do you? What are some tips that you would give anybody that's, especially people in our community, that Feel like they have to deal with toxic family members this time of year. You go to the, you know how you go to the family gathering. You always already know that such and such, you know, auntie, uh, uh, uncle, uncle Ruckus, and, and auntie, I was just call her, uh, Miss Miss Busybody. You know, she gonna have something to say. Why ain't you married yet? Or why aren't you? De- I mean, like, how do you deal with toxic family members or people that always have something to say or people that don't approve of you, but you feel like you're obligated to go and deal with these people because you have a blood tied to them? For one, do you feel like you should be obligated to dealing with these people or is family people that you choose to deal with? Like, you know, like, how do you feel about dealing with toxic family during holidays or in general? Start. Pick your battles, I guess. Yeah. If you know it's that that family member that's always wanting to have the last word or like needing to, you know, bring something up that they know was going to start something, it's like just invite your invite your time. That's right. I feel like too. A lot of times, like if you, I think a lot of times, like if you just stay long enough, I, I think when you stay long, you give your opportunity for those things to take place i would just go personally long enough to say hi keep the conversation general um stay long enough just to you know talk to everyone and just get up out of there that's how i feel about it and i think a lot of us were raised with this idea of respect for your elders and when those elders don't give respect for the younger their younger um family members um, that's when, you know, a lot of this <sighs> locking of horns is going to take place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you really want to go through that stuff? Yeah. And I personally, I'm like, I choose my family. Um, I may have not chosen my blood family, um, but I choose the family that loves me. And that wants to um, see greater things for me as I do for them, mm-hmm. instead of these family members that just you know are just kind of live in obscurity or live in their own little bubble, and just want to see the world through their lens and their bubble. Mm-hmm. And if they see you, then of course you're living in sin and this, that, and the other. Well, you're young and ignorant. You don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't need that shit. Sorry. You're a professional. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I have chosen, you know, 
with some of mine not to go. Yeah. Um, but a lot of a lot of family. <coughs> some of them mellow out. Some of them have a change of heart, and maybe you could potentially, you know, test those waters. Yeah. To see, you know, which family has actually um, started coming around. Mm-hmm. So it it's really an individual decision, and it, it, I think it's hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. There's no right answer. It's just it's, it's yeah. based off of situation-based. It's a situation-based is what it is. It is. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, we want to love our family. Mm-hmm. Chosen or unchosen. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think we still have to, to constantly try. Yeah. As as much as it's hard to do, you got to keep persistent. Mm-hmm. There's some that just still will not, you know. They won't budge, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm just not going to get through to them. So, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's their problem. That's where you flight over fight. Just yeah. Let it be. And you just mentioned it. You choose your battles. Yeah. Pick your battles. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with um, Uncle So and So or Aunt This and That, because <laughs> um, I'm like, they don't pay my bills. That's true. You are about that. They don't live in my home. They don't dictate my life. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if they ask questions, um, the whatever answer I give is what they're just going to have to accept. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. I think that's a good place to stop. I think uh, to end the show, I think, um, like you said, you have to pick your battles. Um, no, you know, you just got to know, go in with a plan. You have to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and just avoid the drama. Like, if you don't, ultimately, it's your decision. If you don't want to go, don't go. Like, if you're an adult, they're not paying your bills. They're not doing anything to for you. And because of you misery and strife, don't go. Like, like it's just, I know that's easier said than done, but it's the, 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 the answer is just simple as that. Just don't go. Like, you know, I mean, they don't see you any other time of the year. They don't come around you. They don't um, call and check up on you. They don't, you know, like, why would you, because it's just society's telling you that you have to deal with these people this time of year. Why? Why put mm-hmm. yourself through that? You don't. You don't yeah. have to. So, but yeah, I just want to wrap up the show. Just want to do a little show for you for the holiday season. Um, if we don't come back anymore for this year, we will be back in 2024. And we got a lot of things. We're gonna still do um, Urban Wire Media um, Radio. Still working on that. And we got a lot of um, things to take place next year. It's just going to be, you know, with the holidays. I just want to get a show out there beforehand. Um, so we're going to wrap up because we are tired. But we want to get something out there for you guys to listen to for the end of the year. And I do want to say one more thing. Yeah, because the fact that this holiday is coming up mm-hmm. very, very quickly, I want to say that I'm thankful for both of you. Mm-hmm. Same, yay! Same here. Yep. So I'm thankful for the show. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, we're going to continue doing great things. We're going to continue being the voice for the people, and um, and we're going to continue moving ahead. So with that being said, we're going to wish you a good night, and we will talk to you soon.